powered by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook. Hello, everybody. Uh, that was a rough one. Well, I'm not thrilled with the result of that game. I am thrilled with today's guest. I am very happy to be happy to be joined by Travis Joseph, TSN. Travis, how are we doing today? Yeah, the at least it was a little bit different this time in that you know. We're so used to the Sens being clearly the strongest team for the first, I'd say, five to ten minutes and then give up a goal. In this case, they just actually looked like the worst team when they were down 2 nothing. So it's weird to say, like, yeah, that was nice and refreshing that they actually looked bad when they were down. But it on, honestly, it almost was. I'm so tired of the Sens outperforming a team and then being down one nothing. But... Sorry, Travis. I gotta I gotta cut you off there. Apparently, we're not getting your audio on the stream, so I just gotta fill up time here and say, all right. I think I think I just got the fix there. Let's, let's do a quick test. Let's say test. You know what? Maybe 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 it was just like it's so garbage. We're just gonna mute it right right off the. That's rip. maybe maybe that's what we it. all deserve is a night off talking about the Sens losing. Maybe that's the. Uh, maybe that's the, 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 the part. The part that I think was. I think tricky and and where you kind of see the good and bad from this Ottawa team with how young they are, they play so frenetic. They, when they're, when they're in rhythm and they were, and they are running a, a high quality, high paced transition game. I mean, they can take the game to any team in the league. I think we, you've seen that it stretches over the course of the season from the moment they fell down 2-0, and, and quite frankly, Forsberg, I think, set him up to fail a little bit. Um, he could have stopped at least one of the two of those shots. Mm-hmm. Uh, they fall down 2 nothing early, but from effectively the 8- to 10-minute mark in the first period till maybe five minutes left in the third, I thought they were easily, easily the better team. I, I do think the tail end of the third period, you saw a lot of score effects I, it, creeping in. Ottawa was really trying to choke the game um but it also looked like a like a young deer trying to walk for the first time like this is not the lineup they're great when they're on the attack and pressing play they are not a great team when they are trying to protect leads trying to play more structured defensive hockey it's certainly not their bread and butter i don't think anyone expects it to be and i you can't even when protecting a lead you can't go 14 minutes without a shot so the equalizer was killer the overtime goal even worse yeah, that was I. Uh, that was, I. It's 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 weird to see. You know, I I think everyone's kind of bummed and and Sens fans anyway about the whole like you were right like you know for the more majority of that game the Sens looked like the better team but then you right. have that third period and you go they, like they deserve that loss right like that's just unacceptable you can't you can't expect the overtime goal i i think to your point the overtime goal was kind of a perfect synopsis of of where the third period drove them towards because as soon as they took their foot off the gas and it's you know it's it's hockey cliche but with a young fast and defensively immature team this is kind of what you get from time to time the overtime goal was a perfect snapshot of really what happened the entirety of the third period just on a greater scale right so sanderson gets his pocket picked on the boards loses a puck battle it was ugly not not what you want to see from Sanderson. On the other hand, you look around, the first thing I notice, you look at the defensive zone. It's like, is Sanderson the only player on the ice? Uh, both forwards had flown the zone right. aggressively. And there's about 45 seconds a minute left in the game. Uh, but so it's, it's a classic defensive breakdown, right? It's a player who loses a puck battle and call it a 50-50 battle. I, I think you have to win that if you're the defensive player with the position there. But you lose the puck battle, it is what it is. There's no structure, there's no support. And he didn't have a passing outlet. And... You're gonna set time. And by the way, side note, I think you do have to. I think you do have to give kudos to Tyler Sagan. That was, 
an all-time great physical shift to position to free up that puck, find himself in that sweet spot. I mean, that that was like a perfect power forward type goal. Yeah, I, I think he must have been saving up his energy for overtime because I don't think I noticed him once in the first I, 60 minutes. I thought the same thing. I was like, yeah. and I was even starting to think, I was like, you know, six, seven years ago, you watched Tyler Sagan. He was this crazy, like, freakish, size-strength combo guy yeah. who, could, who, could, who could give you 30 automatically. And now... At this point in his career, he dis- he's just not the same caliber player. But you see, you can see still players turn back the clock a little bit. We see it from Claude Giroux from time to time. He's been great in Ottawa. But Towers, that, I mean, uh, all-time A-plus uh, all- shift from him, no doubt about it. Man, if I'm going to be petty about things, uh, when you look at the Dallas Stars roster, especially with just how Sagan and Ben have kind of uh, regressed over the last few years, those are two players that, with those contracts, that should cripple a team. And yet, like Dallas is maybe better right now, or at least over the past couple of years, I think potential wise, I think they're arguably better than they ever were with Ben and Sagan in their prime, which is not fair. That's so annoying to see. I, I I would agree, and I think it goes back to the to the draft year. What was it? A year or two years ago now. Um, uh, they ran off. I want to say four. Actually, it was a combination of two years. They ran off. I think four. Uh, the picks in two years, high caliber picks, including Merrill Heiskin in two. Um, but like I look at a game like this where Ottawa felt the better team the majority of the game, and then I look at the I look at the on ice numbers from Dallas and Ottawa, and it's like okay, yeah, Ottawa did control play the majority of the game, except when Jason Robertson was on the ice. As every time Jason Robertson was yeah, on the ice, Ottawa was in the zone, and it did not matter what line they played against him. I think he I think he was plus ten in shots. I, I led the t- led Dallas easily and. It, it was it was almost a different flavor when his line is out there, which has been the case all year. I he is a classic, um, you know, like a shooting star type player. Like, all right, this has to quiet down, and I, I don't know that it's going to with him. I really think no. Jason. Robertson, I think Robertson is that good of a player. Yeah, I I uh, I made myself sick during the game just to double check because I was like I was pretty sure this was true, and I had to double check to make sure that yeah, in the first two rounds. In 2017, the Stars got Haskinen and Robertson, and that makes me sick. Uh, <laughs> that's not great. Not, fair. not great. Not great that's, for the rest of the league. Great you know, not to, not to necessarily say uh, that either player is going to end up being anywhere close to as good as this comparison, but that's not unlike watching the Penguins walk away with Crosby and Latang in 05, right? Like, as just as, as an example of like that shouldn't be allowed. Getting two guys in one draft like that, like that's. Yeah. How about the parlay? You go back even further. How about the parlay of the Sedin twins? It's like th- that yeah. the entire like 20 years of Vancouver's history was written off of pairing those two together. And that was <laughs> it's still to this day blows my mind that that it never uh delivered a Stanley Cup with how good both of them were, how dynamic they were, and how I mean every single every single year they were a shoe in top four finish and yeah. never did got you, over. Did them. you hear the story going around from Chara that came out today? Yeah, so what was this? They were practicing handing the cup. Yeah, it was I mean, like yeah, because because they were up what three two in in, in two thousand eleven, yeah. and going into game six, they were practicing like how they're going to pass the cup around. That would be an all time like corny move. I the only that that seems that seems like only Russell Wilson would be capable of of even trying that. Um, I I would like to think I would like to think that. It was either a joke or flat out did not happen. But I mean, why would I also disbelieve Zidane Char? I have no idea. Yeah. I don't know what's. I want to believe what's ever funnier. So is it funnier that Char <laughs> thinks this, or is it funnier that these guys were like, I mean, bizarre. 
Uh, just that 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 image as as much. I mean, Grant, I think it's it's a given being a Sens fan and frankly a, a fan of any team in the Atlantic. But like, uh, there's uh, as much as I can't stand the Boston Bruins just in general. That the like if that's true, and then they lose the cup, that is hysterical. That is so fucking funny. I had my everyone knows I'm from New York, native New Yorker, right? So, growing up, you know, Knicks fan hate the Celtics, Yankees fan hate the Red Sox, blah 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 blah. Patriots love them, not not so much. Um, the the interesting thing to me, or where I started to, I think, create some like divergence with myself with the Bruins and every other Boston team for that matter. Um, if you look at the like, uh, let's say the last two decades, the 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 most storied, most successful franchises, the teams who won one or more multiple cups and had really sustained lengthy periods of dominating, which is so so hard in a hard cap league like this, you had you had teams like the Blackhawks and the Red Wings and uh, the San Jose Sharks. I mean, these teams had incredible ten to fifteen year runs. In the case of the Sharks, they they never won a Stanley Cup, but um, I just consistently at the top of the top of their craft. All of these teams have fell off considerably, in some cases twice over. Um, and the only team that has really been able to – really, there's two teams. It's Boston and Pittsburgh. But you've seen in the last few years degradation in Pittsburgh's performance. Boston, I mean, it's a freight train. It's a freight train. They're on, they're on pace. They're, they're on pace for an average margin of victory over an 82-game season of like 140 goals. And I had to do a double take because, like, New Jersey's the other team in that boat. And these these always regress heavily back towards league averages and fine. But, like, it kind of gives you an idea of how dominant they are this year. Their average age of the, the team is almost 30 years old. I mean, it's just a fundamentally different roster. And, I mean, they're terrifying. I mean, I look at Ottawa as a team that can beat most teams around the league. I would get matching up against Boston, it's brutal. Brutal for a team like Ottawa. And yet one of the very few wins this season for the Sens. Weirdly like that's classic sense. That's, classic just, that's sense. just how it goes. Yeah, I don't know. Like having, like being able to draft. Granted, still first round pick, but being able to gra- draft Pasternak as late as they did, being able to grab Marchand later rounds. Like it's just like, you know, not fair. It, it's I don't know who. It's it's one of those things where like I don't know if there's necessarily one particular part of the organization that you can point at and be like, this is the main reason that they're they're crushing it. I think everyone involved is doing a great job, but man, the, the, the drafting and scouting department. And you, I mean, you could point to so many things, right? You could point to the Bergeron line. You can point yeah. to You can point to the coaching they've had in places. And you can go on and on and on. Like, I think the one thing that, that is true about the Bruins or at least the most true is they have always had incredible defensive structure, incredible defensive play. And consequently their team save percentages, which, mostly a defensive measure, but it is certainly goaltending aided. Um, They've had pretty good goaltenders backstopping it. And so no matter what iteration of a Bruins team you've gotten over the last 15 to 20 years, you know, it's either been hard or very hard or damn near impossible to score against them. And that, that, that has been as tried and true as anything. And I think, and once again, this year, dominating teams, it's, it's, it's almost impossible to pierce. So I, I mean, full marks to them because, I mean, they've done it. You look at teams like Chicago and Detroit. I mean, Detroit's been in how, a rebuild for how many years now? Uh, very similar pattern as, as, a, as, a team like, uh, as a team like Ottawa we just went through. Um, but Bruins, just keep, just keep trucking. Can you imagine that team if they hadn't botched 2015? If they hadn't just completely botched that draft? Can you imagine this team and you add Matt Barzell, Kyle Connor, Thomas Shabbat? Like, 
even how, how about I, I I I take the point like how about just one of them right like just yeah. just Tom Shabbat like or yeah. just Barzal like they they would fundamentally look different and they're they they have a a decent argument for best team in the NHL right now I mean it, right it, however you adjudicate performance this early in the year like they, they are a genuine Stanley Cup contender period in discussion and their best players are average age of like fifty two and they dominate <laughs> games incredible. Yeah. Oh boy. Well, with that, we're just going to quickly go to a little word from our sponsor here. Think you know what way it's going to go? Make your bet with Sports Interaction. Whether it's World Cup, hockey, football, or basketball, Sports Interaction has you covered. Bet pregame, live in play, or on one of our many prop bets, Sports Interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. Join now and see all sports betting has to offer. Want to bet? Head to sportsinteraction.com slash sdpn. That's sportsinteraction.com slash sdpn, 19 plus. Please play responsibly, much like the Boston Bruins, unfortunately, <laughs> in general. Oh, boy. All right. Well, um, we're going to do a hard right turn here because I, having you on the show in an Ottawa-based market, uh, aimed show anyway, I, I, th- I think I'd be remiss if I didn't bring up. So this is back in the day. So Sen's Twitter is a lot different now than it was, say, how about just Twitter? How about just Twitter? Just Twitter you know, in general. Specify. So uh, there's several people who probably don't even know this story at this point because it happened about a decade ago already. But um, correct me if I'm wrong here, but you were one of, if not the first person to really start uh, kind of talking about uh, Eugene Melnick and his uh, issue with his bankruptcy and and, and issue with uh, just just money, I guess, in general. Yeah, I I mean, it, there's a couple things. Number one, I I think, I think people very 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 close to the team had an inkling, a suspicion, um, it, it, before I did. Um, that that certainly is true. But I I also think that the only reason why I really started to care about it was I I'm watching the moves or non moves that the team is making over and over and over the things they're doing off the ice, what they're, what they're saying in between what they're actually, you know, what they're, what they're, the meaning is behind their words, what they're saying between the lines and everything kept spilling over to like, yeah, we're not going to sign this player. We're going to, we're going to undercut it elsewhere. We're not going to make this decision. We're going to go, you know, and on and on and on. And it happened, I don't know, with such a high degree of frequency, it made me very curious. Like, why is this organization suddenly running like it is cash poor? I, that that was Zockham's razor to me, right? It was like you're starting to behave like a very budgetary team. And now also, by the way, it was concurrent with a lot of other things. Like you started to hear groaning about player salaries and you started to hear groaning about escalating costs. And, and it was like, you know, sometimes these would be summer radio hits um, by someone in business operations or the team owner. Um, and, and they would just, they, sometimes they'd be out of the blue. Sometimes they'd be pertinent or specific to a a player or a team story, but it it was always very curious, but it was a sustained trend to me. And the, I, I, I just, I, I developed a lot of interest in it because I thought it was a situation where despite what fans and everyone around the team was being told about icing a competitive lineup and trying to win a Stanley cup and blah, blah, blah. Um, and a lot of people are either, you know, if, if not, and if not emotionally, they're in some cases financially tied to this team's performance as well. They have season tickets, you know, the appreciation of value matters. 
Uh, and I'm sitting there and it, everything was at odds with what the team was saying versus what they were actually doing. And I also looked around and I saw a, a pretty big vacuum um, in what I would say local media coverage on it. And it wasn't that's that it's not so much a disparaging comment to anyone as it is that I didn't know if there was reservations about talking about it or acknowledging it or I, I, I didn't I didn't fully understand that part of the picture yet. I have a much better understanding of it now. Um, but at the time it was kind of curious to me. So I was young and dumb and I still am dumb, but uh, much older now. Um, but I just said, Hey, you know what, I'm going to start writing about this because I think it matters. And I have to say, like, I've been wrong about so many things in life, but looking back, like, I mean, this is back 10 plus years ago now. I don't think anything I've ever written about or, or covered was that in line with what reality would end up becoming um, because it ended up being, you know, across the board true. Yeah, and, and it is kind of an odd... I mean, I wouldn't put it past him just because, like, the way he ran the team for so long, whether his hands were tied or not, what definitely he took... He made some odd decisions throughout his time as owner. But one of the... The fact that, you know, he, he puts together... He's paying for a, an elite lineup. You, you have that that Alfie Spezza Heatley top yep. line for quite a while, make it to the Stanley Cup final, and all of a sudden he's like, well, I tried spending money and it didn't work, so like, let's try winning the Cup by not spending money. Even like, at that point, you're like, this is an odd suddenly like well we made yeah, made it to the cup final once didn't work out so like well you know everyone had everyone had i think at some point everyone had and, and it's not not to like relitigate everything about it but i think everyone had like a trigger moment when they're like okay this team's not financially great like now i understand for me i and and it wasn't i was already well into like yeah something is easily awry here and i was starting to I started to develop a pretty big reader base and a lot of the local journalists were now becoming friendly with me. And I think some of them were appreciative of the work and I'm very close with, with many of them now, still talk to many of them to this day, some of them even more now. Um, and so I started hearing more back and forth about what was really happening behind the scenes. So that's how I also found out that yeah, more people do know about what's going on here. Anyways, the, the point I was going to make was my like, uh, head blown off was when cost per point was not only like it wasn't a throwaway line it was like a real thing like where you are going to evaluate players based on how much they produce relative to their pay and I was like you clear as day know the salary structure in a hard cap league and why that as a measurement would never make one iota of sense to begin with you are doing this because you want to squeeze and minimize how much you're going to spend on second and third contracts, AKA try and spend through the cap floor. And again, like you, some of that's inference, some of that's expressly stated. Right. But the point is, I think, I think there was different milestones from that, like 2010, 2009, 2010 era, I would say to like 2013, when I think by that point, everyone was well aware. And then you started going into the Daniel Alfredson periods, the first iteration of the story, the second iteration of the story, by the time Carlson and Stone came around, like you were either a head in the sand or you were being realistic about where the team's financial situation was. Definitely. And um, just, you know, we, I, I think we got to talk about the craziest part of that story, which um, like, I, I don't think I, I, I don't fully remember all the details. This is back like, yeah, when this was all coming out, I would have been this is like when I first got on Twitter. This would have I would have been like. I don't know, like 14, 15 at the time. So like the, the, the details are definitely super foggy for me, but as far as, um, I don't know how to say this without it coming across really shitty, but it kind of was shitty. 
Um, just the fact that like you, you kind of had your laptop like I don't I don't know if like just saying like like you you were hacked or or like like a cyber attack essentially is like the right way to put it, but like more or less, right? Yeah. Um. I. Uh... So there's a really interesting wrinkle to the story that I'm actually going to tell on this and I have not told the story publicly yet. So, um, spoiler. Uh, so going back about nine, 10 years ago, um, I, at the, at the very end, I would say at the height of really talking about like, okay, now, and I, I do remember this part very well because I was making at this point a meticulous effort, I think to just document where, where everything was at. There was a lot of exposure, um, and this was at the point that I was covering, like, you know, he was losing his lungs with horse racing and he was losing his lungs. He had these, all these verdicts out against him. Um, you had the Trimel situation, pre-vet, bioveil. Uh, so I, I, I wrote like a seven or eight piece series. And towards the end of this series, and it was really documenting, documenting, if nothing else, like the accumulation of steady financial losses to paint a picture of like, this is what's backstopping kind of the broader on ice decisions. It, stop fooling yourselves about anything else. Um, so sort of near the end of what I was going to write anyway about it, it was, you know, I, it was starting to, it was the summer and it was starting to peel into preseason training camp. And I want to talk more about the team on the ice. Of course, I, I, that's, I, no one's drawn to hockey to talk about this stuff. I mean, it's obvious, right? Um, and someone or some ones were reaching out. And at the time I was writing at hockey buzz. And I mean, I was writing seven days a week, um, just pumping out, just covering games, off season stuff, whatever the case was. So, um, it was a very popular site at the time. And so I would get private messages regularly, but um, I was getting very obvious, very overt phishing attempts around this period. They were all written in broken English. Um, they were all very obvious. I just kept forwarding over to our admin and our dev team, like, hey, this is bizarre. It was very, it was very amateur. Um it, I'm sure it was it was I'm sure it was effective because I found out to be it to be effective, but you would have you would have had to been over the age of like 50 to click this link to just be blunt. And right. anyways, long story short, I never did, but somehow, some way. This person did access my account or whoever was behind this did access my account and they ended up their entire point of it was to delete everything I wrote. So I happened to be catching this maybe with two or three minutes notice because to you what you mentioned earlier, Twitter was at its infancy, but this was Twitter was just it was very immature, but people were starting to talk. So people were reaching out like, hey, your stuff's starting to disappear. So I remember very quickly getting in and I'm glad I did because I was able to document a lot of it. If you're ever interested in the story, you can research it. It's still on SB Nation and a bunch of other sites. And all I did at the time, and I'm a kid, you know, I'm, a, you know, I think undergrad, at the, I think I'm at the tail end of undergrad at the time. And uh, anyways, um, I, I'm, I'm documenting everything and I'm like, hey, look, here's everything I know here. I did some reverse IP tracing. I'm not going to get into the entire story. Anyone can go read that. It'll take forever to tell. But um, everything was deleted. And I knew, I knew with with a high degree of inference that it was someone that was either around the team, worked for the team in some capacity, not the Ottawa Senators, um, sorry, worked for maybe a, an individual with the team, um, it, it was, had to have been someone that was an offshoot and I had reasons for that. And those reasons were documented. Most of them, 
Um, so I put that out online. Anyways, long story short, bygone be bygone. My, you know, my career goes, you know, completely, you know, unabated for anything. I keep covering the team. I go on to get, you know, work with TSN in 2014, still do it to this day. Love it there. Everything, everything worked out well. Um, I kind of moved on from it. Wasn't a huge deal. Um, I, I was furious at the time only because I knew uh, what I, what I was seeing and most of what I had put forward out in public to be like, Hey, this is why I think this, I was getting a lot of pushback at the time. And, and I thought a lot of it was from like, just fans who were like, no, I love the team. I love the owner. He saved the team. And like, I get, I, 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 I get the sentiment and, but I was, I will admit I was personally frustrated because I was like, you guys are reading all this and you just want to believe the opposite. Uh, anyways, it never mattered. You know, I, I moved on. Um, uh, but when a series of stories were written in the last, let's say, year or so about the team, and especially as ownership has now changed, um, it, I did a series of interviews with the production team at The Athletic, um, uh, phone call interviews, um, where we went back and forth and we talked over. So this is the Dan Robson piece. This was the uh, Robson piece. This was the Katie Strang piece. Um, and I obviously know them fairly well. So I talked to them quite a bit and they were, they were incredible in their investigation and their research. And I thought they did an extraordinary job documenting just factual. Here's what the story is. If you care, great. Here's what it is. If you don't care, you don't have to read it, move on. But these, these are the facts of it. Um, they actually found with a pretty high degree of suspicion, the person that they believed one person, one of the, one of these people told me that um, that he acknowledged it, that he had did it, but they also had a high degree of suspicion that this person was behind it. Um, other people have posted his name since uh, since the story has ran. I have not. So that's also out there. But when you look into it, you see the background. There's like some computer side background, not not the type of background you would expect for someone to actually do something professional. And like at this point, you know, I'm, I'm an adult, like I'm, I'm 10 years removed and it's like, all right, interesting story, whatever. But the only reason why I, I cared about it was I did feel vindicated because there, I mean, there were people at the time that were like, you're making this up, you're deleting your own stuff. And I was like, why on earth would I do this? Like it made no sense. So that part was super fascinating to me, but unfortunately it was like 10 years too late. Never, I, I probably would have done a victory lap back then. Now <laughs> I got gray in my beard. Come on. Oh boy. Yeah. That's, um, I mean, to an extent, I, I, I always understood that there were some people who would come to Melnick's defense and not just the, Oh my God, we could talk about, we could talk about the whole, like <laughs> the, the whole bot thing on Twitter a few years back. That's a whole other thing, but like real people would defend him with the, and you're right. Like they would defend him with the whole, like he saved the team. Yeah. Like, I mean, if you go and adopt a dog, like, at like a who's about to be euthanized at at a shelter and you take him home and you just kick him every day like did you really save the dog no like no no that's just like uh, it's just brutal i, I will say i will say i was blown away um the 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 community's um reception and i would say the daughters of the prior owner their ability to meet an impossible moment considering they're in this like the ownership purgatory right now mm -hmm. tsn we ran a uh 
we were at a piece at uh, first intermission going over uh, some possible future owners. Um, but it's, it's a very weird time, but I think the professionalism has been exceptional. The team is, the team is it's the most exciting. I get it. I get it's on a relative basis, but they are certainly the most exciting team to watch in the last five years. Um, and, and quite frankly, like I enjoy the game, like they're a better team than the record show. That's number one. And number two, like their games are fun to watch. Like I, I have time yeah. for that team. You want to see more winning, but I, I have to say, in the, let's say in the ownership purgatory era, things have been a lot better. And I, you know, new arena, new ownership contingency influx of cash to spend on the team. And they have a ton of young talent. Some, some of which has already established themselves at this level and some more that are going to, it is, there's so many reasons to look up right now. It's just a very weird time. And, but I do, I did want to say, like, I, I, I think it's, it's worth recognizing how, how normal it's been in a period where it probably should be abnormal in most cities. Yeah. Yeah. And and you're right. There, there is so much to look forward to for, for Sens fans. And I think this season just feels like such a bummer because it, it feels like, you know, we should be a good two, three months past the whole, like, yeah. there's so much to look forward to. We should be in it right now, but you know, you're right. There, there's still so, so much to look forward to with this team with ownership changing, sounding more and more like Ryan Reynolds is for sure going to be involved downtown arena, you know, there's there's so so many things that are hopefully going to be improved over the next I, couple of years. I, I'll tell you what, like I, I was watching some of the, um, the the baseball hot stove stuff, and then the a lot of the signings that happened today. And you know, it's it's a different league. There's it's it's a tax league. There's no hard cap, but mm-hmm. Major League Baseball, like the New York Mets, they're a New York franchise with with a reputation, or at least a quasi reputation, of a franchise that wouldn't spend a dime on anyone. Um, the only thing anyone ever remembered him for was a horrific Bobby Bonilla contract that they were paying out <laughs> up until last year. Yeah. Um, and then they became cash poor and spend reticent for like 20 years. And that's all everyone knew about him. And Steve Cohen takes over the team and go look at the money that they have thrown yeah. out. Um, and, and like, that's honestly like, you know, you want to spend smartly. That's obvious. Like, especially if you're invested in the team, like you want, you want, good decision-making it's what drives being contenders and and winning championships, but just the ability to be competitive from a spend standpoint, it's, you know, I'm a big Yankees fan. I, 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 I I don't sometimes I think appreciates the advantage that some of these, some of these franchises do have from a cash standpoint, but then you live it, you flip the coin around and say, okay, as an auto fan, like where are we situated relative to a team like Toronto, which just has, so much more financial might, but that, that could absolutely change contingent on what happens with the franchise. And I think this is, yeah. I mean, this is a pivotal moment in the, for all the good reasons right now. Yeah, no, you're, you're dead on. Yeah. The, the, the whole, you know, Ottawa, the, the, the Ottawa centers in New York Mets thing has made a lot of sense. It's always been like the little brother. That's always yeah. like a little bit off, but now if I, if I remember correctly, the Mets currently have the two highest per season contracts for as far as cash goes I think with, they're, uh, they're, Scherzer and, and now Verlander, right? So I think they're spending under four, uh, just a little under 400 million. Absolutely nuts. Insane. Absolutely nuts. Like, yeah, if you talk to, yeah, if you talk to anyone 10 years ago and said, yeah, the Mets are going to be like top five payroll. You laugh in your face. Yeah, laugh like, in your face. Yeah, you're out of your mind. Out of your mind. Madoff sucked him dry. I mean, it was like, they were, <laughs> they were, gonna, they were looking at bankruptcy and they get Steve Cohen comes in the door and they're spending 370 million on payroll. Yeah. Right? It's insane. So fingers crossed, Sens fans, it's possible. It's possible. You never know. 
You never know. Uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully, it won't be an issue of you know with all these big extensions coming in the last few few months for for a bunch of Sens guys. You know, sending Norse and Stutzler both to eight by eight. I got I got one question for you before we wrap. All right, what's that? What do you think they do with Alex Debrinket? Oh man, um, I think this has gotten a lot trickier. Whether they want to acknowledge it or not. Yeah, I think short answer just because we are we are a little low on time now i think what you got to do is if he wants to sign long term jump on that 100 percent. but if he doesn't and you're just gonna go to arbitration get him the one year for next year and then train him at the debt like i don't think that makes much sense i think if you're going to sign him long term do it and if he tells you he doesn't want to sign long term and you know you're just going to qualify him go to arbitration get that one year deal just trade him this offseason. You're going to get more from this offseason than you are next year's trade deadline, I think. Yeah, I, I, I certainly think that he could be a summer decision, to your point. I, It's interesting just watching him. He sh- It feels like many goals he does. I mean, he's, he's, he's always around these scoring chances. And that, to me, is potential upside, breakout opportunity next couple months. On the other hand, when he doesn't have the puck, he – and if he has been noticeable, it's not been in the best ways. And I, I don't like yeah. it's fun. if you're scoring 30, 35, 40 goal, 41 goals like he did last year, man, it's some you don't of that really stuff care. register. But if you're yeah. if you're if you're failing to produce, even if it's for poor fortune, if nothing else, like you, you can't that can't string itself out for six months. Yeah, the thing with him is yeah, like he's like, yeah, position he's always in the right spot. I think it's just a lot of bad luck. He could score 10 goals in the next seven games, no one will be surprised. I but. agree. It's, I agree. You know, it's a tricky spot for for management right now. So we'll Agreed. see. Don't know if I agree with everyone saying trade him for defenseman right now. I think you just kind of have to stick with what you got for this season and uh, just hope for the best. But, they're gonna, they're they're going defenseman next summer. I, I don't oh yeah. I don't see that change definitely anytime before then. All right. Well, with that, we're gonna wrap up the show here. I want to thank Travis, man. Thank you so much for coming on. Really, really appreciate that you made the anytime, time for man. this. And uh, thank you, everyone, for watching. Uh, Make sure to like and subscribe to SDPN on YouTube. And uh, we'll see you next time. Game over! Powered by Sports Interaction, Canada's Sportsbook.